When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to the Captain's Run. Julian Destoop filling in for Kane Corns. Apologies for the problems with Danny Ryan at the end. Uh, maybe he's just being coy about the lights down there at Frankston. Maybe that's a big secret. And a few texts saying maybe they delisted uh, Nathan Freeman. Now, he did re-sign for the 2020 season. So, uh, as far as I know, uh, the former Magpie and St. Nathan Freeman will be playing for Frankston next year. Just turning our attention to tennis now. And obviously, uh, big, well, there's a lot of excitement uh, in Melbourne earlier this week when uh, it was announced that all the lead-up events to the Australian Open would be played in Melbourne. And then Daniel Andrews came out and said that players uh, won't be allowed to arrive into Melbourne or into Australia until January, which means uh, will the Australian Open start on time? Will there be any lead-up events? What does it mean for the quarantine? So we thought we'd ask former Aussie tennis star Nicole Bradke for her thoughts uh, on it and just how the Australian summer is going to unfold. And uh, Nicole's been good enough to join us. Morning, Nicole. Good morning. How are we? Fantastic. How are you? Yeah, yeah, no, all good. Just sort of sitting back, waiting to see what's what's going to happen with the summer of tennis. I guess, like everybody else, it's sort of it seems to be changing week to week, and and I'm sure Tennis Australia have got lots of scenarios. You know, scenario A, B, and C of of what's going to happen. But um, yeah, I guess they're probably being very frustrated at the moment just to see what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, it's been interesting reading some of the players' comments from around the world since this news came out about 48 hours ago. Obviously, they'd all be very concerned if they have to be in a two-week quarantine where they can't even practice. I mean, is that even possible for a player to do that and then have to come out and and potentially play two weeks of Grand Slam tennis? Yeah, look, no, it's not the most ideal situation. Um, You know, a lot of the players, if you're looking now at Instagram, a lot of them are in... Well, the European players, um, you know, are in. I know Kvitova's in in Dubai. Uh, they're training. I guess they're thinking that there's a date that they've been told, um, but that's probably changing all the time. But they're preparing themselves, and they're doing all this training now. And then, obviously, to go and sit in a hotel room, which I understand everyone's got to do, um, but when you're coming to play tennis, not to hit tennis balls for two weeks and then come out and play the Australian Open in the heat and all those sorts of factors come into it, it would be extremely difficult. And I think you might find a lot of the players, a lot of injuries and things like that. So the ideal situation would be like our AFL players that, uh, you know, quarantined in hotels but had access to courts on site that they could actually practice. So I'm sure Tennis Australia is looking at things like that. It's just, um, you know, whether they get the go-ahead to use it or not. I guess which which was a similar situation to the U.S. Open, wasn't it? Really, where players sort of quarantined and but they could have access to training. And I guess that looks like that's probably going to be the best form of compromise at this stage. Yeah, well, yeah, at the U.S. Open, and I think you know from all reports that they did it far better than what the French Open um, actually did it. And uh, yeah, it's just you know some of the places you know a lot of these venues, hotels. 
they just come straight to the courts and things like that. And so that's what they were doing at the US Open. I did believe, though, at the US Open, you know, Djokovic and I think maybe Serena and that, they stayed off-site and they paid for their own security uh, in that respect. Well, that, I don't think that's going to happen here because they're international travellers. So um, I think they're all going to have to bunker down in the one hotel and just be ferried back and forth, I'm guessing, to, you know, the Australian Open site and practice there. But... I guess there's a lot of boxes got to ticked off before that can even happen. There's always a lot of unknowns at the Australian Open. You know, first Grand Slam of the year, a lot of players coming off their, their end of season break. And obviously this year it's going to be even more yeah. unknown in these current circumstances. And I guess taking that even further, if we look at some of yeah. our local hopes, someone like Ash Barty, who hasn't played this year, she's still world number one because they froze the rankings. We've seen her at the footy having a couple of beers and watching her beloved Tigers uh, win the premiership. So what sort of expectations would, would Ash have going into the new year, given unlike a lot of the other top players around the world, she hasn't played tennis this year? Yeah, well, I mean, look, everyone sort of uh, played very spasmodically throughout this year. Um, although Sabalenka's, you know, played most weeks that she was able to play and, you know, she's won three of those tournaments. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, Ash. There's nothing quite like matches under match conditions and, and you can play practice matches and things like that but it's really not quite the same I know uh, Tennis Australia currently at the moment are putting on different um, smaller tournaments these UTR tournaments that uh, Gavrilova and uh, Kokonakis just uh, played in and just won recently just to try and get them matches under match conditions so for Ash she hasn't played in a long time so um, you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough but you know, she's, she's able to train and she's able to train in the heat and things like that. So, um, you know, it just depends on who comes out. And, you know, we'd like to think that it was a very strong field for all the tournaments. The other thing is, is, is most players are going to want to come out and play. They're wanting to, you know, it's their livelihood. It's how they earn their dollars. So they're going to want to start earning money. And for the WTA tour, you know, I think that, you know, there's not any tournament scheduled on the women's tour to at least April next year. So, um, you know, the more tournaments that if we're able to put on, the, you know, we'll get a, a good stretch of players that do come out. As a tennis lover, how have you found watching the Grand Slams this year? Obviously, you know, you have to be quiet at the tennis when the match is on, but the crowds play <laughs> a massive role at the Australian Open. Yeah. The US Open, we know, uh, can be quite hostile at times. How have you found watching from afar with, uh, with empty stadiums? Yeah, it's just a new normal and it's very bizarre. And, you know, if the players, it's like the footy players in the beginning were playing to no crowds and you... You know, you see a lot of home advantages. Um, you know, you think the crowd gets them over the line and, and you know, players love to, to play under those those conditions, you know, New York City and things like that. And also the Australian Open, you know, we see the fans, we see how vocal they are. But, you know, that's just the way that it is. And, you know, that's the new norm. That's They've got their, their coaches out there watching them and things like that. So, and hopefully we may be able to get some, sort of spectators in in the audience but um it's just one thing that they have to learn to adapt to and uh, i think the, the players prepared to do that and just finally you briefly mentioned the footy your young boy austin is down at the demons <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. interesting year for him like many uh, uh yeah. footballers how did he cope and how's he feeling about uh um, i guess how 2020 has been for him yeah look he coped really really well i think in some ways it was a blessing for him it was it was like going up to the Institute of Sport and sleeping and eating and breathing football, which, you know, he didn't play for three years. And the last couple of years have been a real learning and, and learning, you know, the ruck and getting his body strong and, and things like that. So for him, he, it, he really thrived on it. And I think it benefited him. So um, 
and he had a great attitude. So that was terrific for him. And obviously he starts back training again. I mean, he's been training now, but, um, you know, fourth, first through four-year players start back on December the 6th for a couple of weeks. So, you know, it's going to look a little different for him next year with the VFL and, and you know, hopefully he can get a game next year. You never know. So, but he's going along great guns and, and Melbourne have been, you know, wonderful with him, with Matt, Matt Egan and uh, and Stafford and all those coaches there. So he's thoroughly enjoyed himself. Oh, Maxie Gorn's just about cooked, isn't he? Austin's ready Max- to take over. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to learn from someone, you learn from the best. So, um, you know, he's been fabulous as is you know, everybody else. So um, he's thoroughly enjoyed his time and the players have been great. They're doing, you know, a lot of different off-court training. He's, he's doing a bit of basketball training and things like that. So with some of the guys. So it's, um, yeah, it's they're just very fortunate that they got the season up and running and finished. And hopefully next year it'll, it'll be back to some sort of, well, I don't want to say normal, but, you know, it'll be a, another great year in 2021. Yeah, great mentor to have in Max Gorn. And uh, let's hope, Nicole, we get a great summer of tennis. The Australian Open yeah. starts on time and uh, all the big names uh, get down here for the first Grand Slam of 2021. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Yeah, my pleasure. Nicole Brackey joining us to talk about the Australian summer of tennis. Just a reminder, listen to This Is Your Sporting Life on Sunday from 10am. Sam Emman talks to former St Kilda and Essendon great Brendan Goddard. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funeral celebrating life. Let's go to the news and Meredith Gibbs. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.